Commence today's show talking politics, though, with political analyst, founder and president of Righteous Media, and the host of the Independent Americans podcast, our friend and brother, Paul Rykoff. Paul, how are you today, sir? I'm well, sir. Good to be back with you. It's been too long. It's been too long. Good to hear your voice. Let me set the stage. A lot to talk about in this half hour that we have, and we'll move through as swiftly as we can, but there is trouble in the world. There is trouble in the world. Uh, let me just try to set the stage right quick. Um, Inside the U.N., uh, the U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres uh, has alleged violations of international law in Gaza uh, by Israel and urged an immediate ceasefire as Israel, of course, continues pounding the Palestinian territory in response to these Hamas attacks. And so there's a, there's a deep crisis now dividing the U.N. Security Council. In fact, after the U.N. Secretary General made these comments, Israel almost immediately demanded his resignation. I want to get to that, Paul, in a moment here about the way we go about even having this conversation without people being canceled for expressing differing points of view. Uh, and that's not bashing Israel. It's just that they are quick um, to not just they, but folk in this country. Everybody's being canceled for just trying to find a way to engage in this dialogue. Uh, authors are being canceled at the 92nd Street Y in New York City. Uh, U.N. Secretary Generals are being asked to resign. It's it's getting really insane, but this issue has divided the U.N. Security Council. We'll talk about that. Uh, Anthony Blinken, our Secretary of State, uh, warned Iran yesterday that we will respond decisively, that's his word, to any attack. So there are concerns today that this war may widen any moment now. Uh, and um, Secretary General, uh, the uh, our, our, our Secretary of State, rather, uh, too many secretaries around here, Secretary General, Secretary of State. Anthony Blinken has warned Iran, if you get involved, uh, if you feel froggy, go ahead and leak. But we will respond. That is scary to be offering that threat to Iran. Then, uh, yesterday, a massive rocket barrage hit Tel Aviv, um, uh, wounding five uh, and uh, sending more than one million people running for shelter. And so it's clear that even as uh, Bibi Netanyahu's military generals are mad at him for not moving more swiftly on this ground offensive, uh, Hamas is not waiting for the ground offensive. They're fighting back already. Uh, and uh, they bombed Tel Aviv yesterday. So they're asking for it, uh, to put it one way. Uh, uh, to put it another way, they are not backing down. So this thing is getting worse by the moment. And I had even got to the disarray in the haunted house that we call the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, there's a lot to talk to Paul about. It took me a few minutes to get that laid out. The good news is that now that I've laid it all out, when we come forward, Paul will have the mic for the next 20 minutes to express himself as he wishes. You're listening to Paul Rykoff on Tavis Smiley. Helping to, make, to you make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. This is Tavis Smiley in dialogue with Paul Rykoff, who is an expert on a number of things, including national security and veterans affairs, given that he is a veteran, uh, political analyst, uh, discussing, again, all kinds of issues, the founder and president of Righteous Media and host of the Independent American uh, Americans podcast. Paul, I am not sure that the independent Americans you speak to every day see any of these issues uh, much differently than all the rest of us. And I kind of feel like a, uh, like a, the host of Jeopardy. Uh, what category of drama do you want to choose to start with? I tried to lay it out. Uh, I'll follow you, sir. Things that should scare us this Halloween. All right. Go I for it. That, go for that, it. That, that's the category. Good to be back with you. And I think you laid it out appropriately because it, it's Halloween season, Tavis. Yeah. And I think that the scariest monster in our world right now is the global security threat environment. Mm -hmm. I think we are closer now to World War III than we've ever been in our lifetime. And I know that sounds dramatic, but so is what we're seeing around the globe. You know, you, you look at the situation in Gaza 
and Israel. Uh, you didn't even mention what's going on in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And the third piece of this, the big domino that I think national security watchers are always focused on is China and Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a global security threat environment that also resulted in 24 American troops being wounded this week that almost nobody is covering. There are 24 American troops in Iraq where people forget we even have troops that were hit by drone attacks. And so we've got U.S. troops in Iraq, in Syria, also in Israel, who are now under an increased threat. We've got the challenges at the border. And back here at home, we've got not only no Speaker of the House, we've got one radical, racist, reckless senator in Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama, who Mm -hmm. I've called Senator Redneck, Mm -hmm. a guy who, who welcomes white nationalism, who is stopping hundreds of military promotions. So the world is is literally on fire. There are threats from all places. And here at home, our house is divided and on fire. And we've still got a very serious threat of extreme white nationalists here in America, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers. So all that is to say, Tavis, this is the most dangerous time in our lifetime. I talk a lot about the need to stay vigilant. The intersection of national and global security and politics is more important right now than any other time we've been alive. And I think that's why we need to have these conversations and to open the dialogue. You're you're talking about the right things. We need to challenge all of our allies. We need to support our allies, but we also need to bring the temperature down here at home. We say in the military, stay frosty. When the things get really crazy, that's when voices like you and me and others have to bring information, bring light to contrast the heat, pierce the amount of disinformation and misinformation that's run rampant, And it's especially urgent in in an environment like this because we're talking about the highest stakes possible. We're talking about war. We're talking about genocide. We're talking about nukes. And that's why, you know, I'll take national security for 1,000, Tavis. You said a lot there. My favorite phrase, though, is stay frosty. That may be the line of the day. Stay frosty. Um, Let me let me ask you this. When you when you said a moment ago that in moments like these and when the world is on fire and you laid out even better than I that I did to to, to commence the conversation, you said stay vigilant. What, What does that really mean in a moment like this to stay vigilant? You know, I think, I think it starts with, with getting good information, mm-hmm. right? And, and first of all, control the environment in your home, in your church, in your community. You know, try to add light to contrast the heat. Try to find ways to bring people together because there's another part of this that, that you know, Putin had a pretty good couple weeks here. You know, if, if he could have imagined that there would be no Speaker of the House, Americans would be fighting with each other in the streets, we'd be jerking around our allies, removing funding, putting funding, this would be a pretty good victory for, for Putin. So I think we have to remember there is a commonality as Americans. And when the balloon goes up, and what I mean is when there's a, a national security threat, if we take ourselves back to 9-11, that's when you can see how Americans can truly come together. It doesn't feel that imminent right now because it's over there. But the threats are as extreme, if not more extreme, because the war in the Middle East, especially in Israel, can get a lot worse very, very fast. If Hezbollah in the north starts to fire rockets or engage in that area, if Iran gets involved, if extremist forces throughout the globe start to target American interests, we're going to see Americans in harm's way. And there are 600,000 Americans in Israel. So if this goes south, we're also going to have to figure out how to get 600,000 of our own people home, and that doesn't even include the hostages. Over 10 American hostages are being held right now in Gaza. So it's not all about us, but I think sometimes it helps to bring it back to Americans and understanding that we are in this together, even when we're divided, and especially right now. 
who knew that on the eve of a, of a major presidential race that it kicks off literally weeks from now uh, in Iowa with the first caucus, and we're just literally weeks away from that, who knew that, uh, that uh, global concerns would be at the top of the agenda, uh, given that uh, uh, people always vote pocketbook issues, as you know, in these kinds of elections. So this is, gonna, this is going to have a, a huge impact, I think, on the presidential race. I, I'm not sure uh, what that frame looks like at the moment, but it is fascinating to note um, that uh, uh, this time around, these global issues are, are at the top of the agenda. Speaking to the top of the agenda, clearly Israel and Hamas um, is, is getting worse. It's getting out of control. I mentioned earlier that Hamas fired back last night. One, one, one could have thought in the last 48 hours or so, given that they've been releasing hostages, that they'd pretty much changed their strategy uh, after they did their damage uh, and Israel's been pounding them. One could have believed they changed their strategy. Now they're releasing hostages to show that, hey, uh, maybe now it is time for the world to call for a ceasefire, as did the Secretary General before he got spanked by Israel for doing so. I say all that to ask um, this question. How, how do we go about having this conversation? You heard me tee it up a moment ago, Paul, that people everywhere, some in Hollywood, uh, some in academia, mm-hmm. some inside the UN, some in the world of politics, some in, 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 in our field, broadcast media, everybody is being canceled uh, for saying things that others find uh, offensive, others find wrong, and we're just shutting people down. And I'm just not sure that's the way to have a conversation about what's happening in the Middle East. I think you're right. You know, when the bullets are flying, that's when you find out who's a true leader and who's a fraud, who's a hack, who's self-interested. And I think your, your point about the presidential election is an important one because we've got a president that I think, I think as an independent, has been addressing this incredibly complex situation appropriately, Thoughtfully, carefully, I think his speech last week uh, on Israel and Ukraine was the best speech of his presidency, without a doubt, in my view. Uh, And I think leaders have to set the tone. We have to keep in mind, we've got a contrast on the other side that's also a national security threat, because President Trump, in my view, is the biggest threat to our domestic national security. Mm. There is an insurgency in this country that wants to violently overthrow the government, that does not respect the election, and that is right now full of what I would call political suicide bombers. Mm. People like Tommy Tuberville, the extremist senator from Alabama, who says, you know what, I don't like the way this president or this White House is talking about abortion, so I'm going to throw my politics into the Pentagon and stop hundreds of military promotions, to include the the commander who would be right now running the Navy's fifth fleet, where two aircraft carriers are sitting outside of of Israel. So it all comes together in a really complex way, but I come back to leadership. I think President Obama's statement yesterday was thoughtful. I think this is a time where we need his voice and others that are trusted. And you got to shut off some of the nonsense. If you feel like it's getting hot, if you feel like it's not respectful, if you feel like it's not open, change the channel. I've been telling a lot of people, you know, find the good voices like you, Tavis, that have been around for a long time, that understand complexity and can manage what is right now kind of a circus. Mm-hmm. you got to have a ringleader who can manage it with respect and thoughtfulness. And at the end of the day, what's going to keep us safe? If we fight each other, Putin is thrilled. If we're fighting each other in the streets, Hamas is thrilled. And I think we have to focus on the mm-hmm. enemies of all of us, which include Putin and Hamas. Now, Palestine is separate from Hamas. The Palestinians are separate from Hamas. But in my view, the president shaped it up appropriately in identifying that Hamas is an enemy of free people throughout the world, and also so is Putin. What happens if this war widens in the Middle East? We're going to face a time like we've never seen. And I know that, you know, again, I don't want to scare people, but I think it's important for people to be grounded in real talk. 
And we need real talk from our president. I think that's why you saw him give only the second address from the Oval Office in his presidency. You could see uh, hundreds of thousands of Americans trying to get out of Israel. You can see that entire region engulfed in war, and, and, and that's going to be paralleled by an ongoing war in Ukraine. And then you could see smaller things happening, like, for example, the Baltics, where Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia, Putin could push into countries like that. So it could be a new World War III. I mean, it won't look the same as the last World War, but it could be a two- to three-front war simultaneously happening at the same time, especially if China decides to flex. That's the one that I think most folks are not tracking on. Their mm -hmm. economic might, their military might is always looming. And in many ways, they're being patient right now and watching us and others kind of punch ourselves out, not only on our adversaries in Ukraine, but on ourselves. Yeah. Um Hamas specifically, again, I raised this issue earlier. They uh, launched this uh, rocket barrage on Tel Aviv yesterday, left millions, uh, over a million people scrambling for shelter, we're told. Uh, five were wounded in that particular attack. Uh, again, in the last few days, they've been releasing hostages. It's a slow drip, but they've been releasing hostages. Somebody suggested that they're just, you know, playing the world with this game of releasing hostages here or there. And then out of nowhere, bam, they dropped this rocket yesterday, launched this rocket against Tel Aviv. Um, we know that Israel is about to start this ground offensive. I mentioned earlier um, and again on yesterday that uh, BB's generals are upset with him for, for moving rather slow. On this ground offensive, the world is increasingly starting to call for ceasefire. Um, strategically, what 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 what's what's Hamas doing? Um, one day releasing hostages, and the next day bombing Tel Aviv. Well, Hamas is playing the game, yeah. right? And and I think that's what everybody's doing, right? Like there's a battle for hearts and minds that Israel is trying to win, that America is trying to win, and Hamas is trying to win. I think if you take a bigger step back, I've been covering this at length on my show, Independent Americans, and I also wrote a piece for MSNBC.com where I think there's an important message to Israel right now that America has been sending, and on some levels has been received. Don't repeat the mistakes of 9-11. Mm -hmm. Don't move from rage. Have a clearly defined goal. Have a plan for what happens after the bombs drop. And that's where Israel has not yet communicated to the world what their intentions are. And I give Biden credit. I think he and Blinken and others have encouraged restraint because after, you know, 9-11, we, President Bush told everybody to go shopping. We invaded Afghanistan. We invaded the wrong country. We got bogged down in wars for, for decades. We drained our economy. We lost thousands of lives. And, and they don't have to repeat those same mistakes. So if they can eliminate Hamas, the military terrorist organization that is Hamas, that is an objective. But they also have to offer a solution to the Palestinian people. What does the future look like for Gaza right now? And I don't think they've done that effectively, bluntly. I think that is the responsibility of Israel and the world to tell the Palestinian people, what are you going to do if where you live looks like a parking lot? Because we did that in Iraq, and we saw an insurgency that lasted for a long time. It didn't further our objectives. So this has got to be the whole world involved and united in finding a vision for the future that can provide peace for everyone. This is the wrong time for all the reasons you've laid out to have a speakerless house. Um, the third person in line to the presidency does not exist at the moment. Uh, and speaking of at the moment, um, the vote is taking place literally as we speak. Uh, this story is changing, of course, literally by the minute. Uh, but they're on person number four now. Uh, uh, in the in in the in the person of uh, Representative Mike Johnson, uh, Republican, of course, out of Louisiana, 
Uh, he's designate number four. Uh, many are hopeful uh, that this may be the guy uh, to, to to pull that that magic number two seventeen. I'm not so sure as yet, but what, but 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 well, again, we'll see how this plays out over the next over the next minutes or hours, uh, perhaps while I'm on the air today. But that said, uh, how, how do you read um, that in the midst of all of this, uh, to, to use your phrase, the world being on fire, uh, the third person in line to the presidency does not exist in this country at the moment. Our enemies are celebrating. Yeah, yeah. Putin loves it. Hamas loves it. If Osama bin Laden could speak, he'd say how much he loves seeing this. Our allies are at war. Our people are scared. And our Congress doesn't even have a speaker. And it's because they can't find any kind of moderate middle ground. This is why 49% of us in this country reject both parties and are independents, because there's a total loss of, of moderates. So you've got the Republicans who are dominated by what I've called the Confederate wing of the GOP. They are radicals. They are extremists. They don't want to create the military of 2023. They want to create the military of 1883. Mm. It sounds like they're the Confederate army and roll us back. They have hijacked our government and our our, our, our right wing so that now they will only put forward radical candidates. And the Democrats, you know, they have a problem, too, because the Republicans are never going to go for Hakeem Jeffries. Right. They got to come up with an alternative. Maybe it's a more moderate person like the guy I interviewed on my show this week, Pat Ryan, who is a kind of a blue dog Democrat. He's a veteran from West Point. And and maybe he is an alternative that a couple Republicans might get. Mm -hmm. But the reality is we're probably going to have a stalemate, Tavis. Mm -hmm. We could do this for months. And all the while, we won't have money to Ukraine. Israel will be on fire. And our people at home will be really nervous as well they should be. So I think we got to call on both parties to offer a compromise solution, almost a coalition government in this time of war so we can get the basic people's business done. Yeah. And, and what do you say to, to everyday people right now? Um, this, this, you said three times by my count. I don't want to scare people. I don't want to scare people. I don't want to scare people. Well, I got news for you. People are scared. <laughs> they're they're, mm. they're a little frightened by all this stuff that you've laid out. Uh, again, to use your phrase, the world is on fire right now, uh, and the fear uh, is palpable everywhere I go. People, you know, pulling at me, grabbing at me, uh, wanting to ask my opinion, talk about this, talk about that. And it's rare. That's the point I made earlier. It's rare in our business, Paul, that people will pull you and grab you and want to talk about what's happening in the world, geopolitics. I mean, the domestic thing is easy. Uh, they'll talk about Donald Trump all day long, but Trump is even taking a back seat, as it were, to these geopolitics right now. So what do you say to everyday people who are, frankly, just concerned, frightened, and scared about this particular moment in, Amer- in, in, world, in world history? Yeah. I, I first, I'd say I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I think we all have to say that out in the open and understand these are perilous times. And I always go back to the children in this country who are also scared and yeah. need us as adults to show leadership. I say to my kids a lot: if you're scared, get prepared. Mm. Get yourself more knowledgeable. Get yourself better supported. Talk to the people you feel comfortable with. Go back to family. Go back to community. Go back to the places that provide you with strength and information, and family in whatever way that looks, because that's what we need right now is that kind of unity, even if it's in a small place where we can bring the temperature down and get involved. If you want to help, you know, send supplies to civilians who are impacted, you want to run for office, but we need leaders to step up and be voices of reason and be voices of of rationality and be voices of light instead of heat and, and shut down the radicals who have been able to not just get elected, but take over our government. The fact that Tommy Tuberville is out in front, I use him as an example because he's all that's wrong with America. But keep in mind, Tavis, not a single Democrat has called for him to resign. Nope, Why is that? 
No, that makes you. no sense to me. Right? You're loud and clear, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I thought I had one quote of the day. I've got two quotes of the day. The first is stay f- – I'm not just in the first half hour of today's show. First quote of the day, stay frosty. Love that. Second quote of the day, if you're scared, get prepared. Paul Wyckoff, I appreciate you, man. Love you. Talk to you soon, my friend. All the best to you. Thank you, sir. Back at you. All right, stay up.